We just got a, a strike on our YouTube channel because uh, during our uh, episode on fear-mongering where uh, Zoe, Rachel, and I talked about uh, the way this uh, COVID pandemic has been handled, we suggested that there might be some inaccuracies in the science, that there might be some actual political agency at work behind all of this. And uh, our, our channel was blocked for a week because I was presenting false information. Now, I've often wanted to have a conversation with the people that make these decisions. And I know that they're probably 20 years old with a nose ring and purple hair and, and, and couldn't tell you who fought in World War II or on what side. But I've often wanted to have this conversation because I want to ask them, okay, so you're, you're pulling me down for, uh, for promoting false information. Yes. How do you know the information's false? I mean, you've, anything contrary to the view that you're espousing, you've removed. So you can't say that, that you've weighed the evidence on these two sides of the argument and decided that one is false and the other isn't. I don't think you have any right to censor information based on whether you think it's true or not. But in any event, put that aside for a minute. How do you know that it's false? Well, it's false because the government says it's false. Okay, so we'll just take this argument a step further. So you believe the government always tells you the truth? Yes, that's what the government does. They do science. Has a government ever in history lied to its own people and ever caused its own people damage? I know you're not big on history uh, and stuff since you got a degree in study studies, but the Nazis and Adolf Hitler, for example, has it ever happened that a government has lied to people? Yes. Can we agree? Yes. Okay. So how do you know they're not lying now? And that's when, they just, that's when they go into vapor lock. Of all the things I see out there today, the one thing that makes me incandescent with rage is going to something like a Reddit forum and listening to all these people say, oh, these idiots don't understand science. And these Trump voters, they're just a bunch of idiots. They don't understand science. They don't know anything about science. I believe in science, 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 science. I saw one yesterday, big sign, Cedar Sinai. We believe in the vaccine because we believe in science. Okay. Okay, then it should be pretty simple for you big brain scientists to shoot down some of these arguments. It should be something you could just disassemble immediately, but you don't. You don't. You squash them. And when you squash them, that tells me that you squash them because you can't beat them. I have never, ever tried to silence anybody about anything because if I find somebody who I disagree with pretty strongly on an issue I happen to know, I'll just defeat them. I'll defeat their argument. And if I can't defeat their argument, I'll change my mind. See how it works. This is what humility brings you. It brings you a chance to actually learn something new by unlocking the doors of your own absolute arrogance and certainty. And this is the thing about this COVID thing and global warming and all the rest of it. Not that they're wrong, although I think they are wrong, but, but, but because they simply state that they're right, they cannot defend why they're right. And when you question them why they're right, and why, why they can't defend their position, they shut you down. And that, to me, is a sign that they lose. That's what losers do. They walk away from an argument. That's what losers do. They take their football and go home. So here we are a week without YouTube. I don't care, really. I don't care. Uh, I know these, these messages get out there. And since this one's uh, going to be on Rumble only, I'll post it probably later on YouTube, although who knows. I, I just don't care anymore. I'm, I'm not, I'm just tired of, of being careful with all this stuff. But basically, just this episode, I wanted to say thank you uh, to the members who continue to support the work that we do here, because it is a world that is filled with, with this kind of arrogance, this kind of 
evil, narcissistic vanity that allows many of the people out there, in fact, virtually all of them, who are controlling our lives to think that they know how to live our lives better than we do. The real magic of Apollo 8 would come just a few orbits later, just before they set sail for home. On the beginning of their ninth orbit, it was Christmas Eve of 1968 back on Earth. And let's not forget, by the way, that 1968 was not a good time here in the United States of America. Martin Luther King assassinated, Robert Kennedy assassinated, riots in Watts. The country was falling apart over Vietnam. The country had lost its way. It was miserable. It was frightened. It was tormented. And it was very, very worried. And then, on Christmas Eve, the crew of Apollo 8 made the most remarkable radio communication in human history. And this is what they heard back on Earth. Now approaching uh, lunar sunrise, and uh, for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the Earth, and the Earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a movement in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament. And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. <laughs> God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And from the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. Frank Borman improvised those last lines. I think they're Shakespearean, frankly. And so from the crew of Apollo 8, good night, good luck, Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. We'd never seen the good earth before. But we saw it that Christmas in that message from the moon. That message from the moon on Christmas Eve of 1968 and the pictures that came with it showed us the essential humanity 
of all of us. That image, that broadcast, the reading of Genesis was a transcendental moment in human history. That spirit is not dead. It's still alive and it's still alive here in America. This is the only country in the world that is capable of the kind of free thinking that allows you to do the kind of improvisation that led to the incredible mission of Apollo 8 in Christmas of 1968. And so the final message from the moon is simply this. A people that can travel to another world using slide rules and guts is capable of anything. We make our own future. It's just that simple. The future that America will become is the future that we decide to feed. Either the Apollo missions will be the pinnacle not only of American history or human history, or they will in fact be the beginning of an endless, endless series of increases of knowledge, speed, distance, research, all of it. Which one of these futures are we going to get? Which one do you want?